Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. Episode 48, very exciting, breaking news. Natasha, before this episode, said to me, uh, there's something I want to say up top. I don't know what it is. I'm a little nervous. You've never said anything like that before. Really? What do you got to say? Well, I just wanted to say, I think unanimously people thought that you were in the right, that a chocolate cake is a good enough <laughs> present for someone under quarantine. But you still got me a present this week. You got me a massage chair. Man, don't I tell these love people it. That. I it was get so cool chair. when it came. It made me so happy. I've been enjoying it. I want to clarify for the listeners. I got, I got, I, I got a cheap massage thing that you put on top of a chair. It's like a massage. Thank you for clarifying that. Well, I don't want the, people, It was cheap. No, I don't want people thinking I'm over here in the quarantine spending seventy five hundred dollars on some magic Korean like sex chair. No, but it was. It's awesome. You just put it over a chair. Yeah. And you get a great massage. Well, I did want to hook you up because I... I you hooked me up. I straight up hooked you up. I feel like uh, we're kind of like in our new zone now. I got my haircut today on uh, on Zoom. Right. Natasha's like, I have a haircut appointment at 4.30. And I was like, you have a what now? How? <laughs> She's like, oh, it's over Zoom over my phone. It's only $50. I was like, only $50? That's, that's good. That's more than I spend on an in-person haircut, like going to the barbershop and getting my hair cut so well she spent an hour with me i mean you cut it i know but she told me exactly how to do it <laughs> you look good <laughs> you look good i mean don't get me wrong she did she did right by you but damn that is a that's a nice hookup for her i'm gonna start doing 50 dollars consultations on how to write an essay or something like that you should you know what I'll th i got something i want to get off my chest too i'm a little pissed off right now natasha why be honest with you i'm not happy at all why? Well, as if you live in a big city, you probably have some sort of inane ritual where at 8 p.m. your neighborhood starts cheering, starts a cheering. Mm -hmm. I guess in, in New York, they do it at 7. I don't know why the difference, but we oh, do here it, we do it at 8. Here in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, we do it at 8 p.m. And um, bring the little kid up to the attic space. And I've been, I swear to God, we got these air horns because we have a coyote problem in this neighborhood. Right, so I bought some air horns because I heard you can you can blast a coyote out, out of the way, and it's been working. But I had all these air horns around, and I was like, you know, it would be kind of nice to blow an air horn. That's a nice, you know, that's a that's a fun celebratory sound. And then the little daughter puts her little teeny fingers on them. I got two air horns, and I've been blasting them. Actually, I kind of hurt you one day, didn't I? Yeah, well, I didn't know I didn't know you were doubling up right by my ear. Yeah, it was a double. It was a double double horn. Yeah, and it, it's been really fun, and the community. Like, we can't talk to each other, but I I feel like the community began, because we did it so many nights in a row, began to wait, because I'll do it right at the crack of eight. I'll double blow. Moshe sits there with his iPhone waiting for it to like, to the click. seconds to click. Yeah, and my little daughter's little fingers on either air horn button, and at the moment it comes... She has her headphones on, too. Oh, yeah, I put these like protective air headphones on her, too. And the moment it becomes eight, we double blast. You know, I give it a beep, beep, right? <laughs> And the neighborhood immediately bursts into their celebratory cheer. 
right? Mm-hmm. In so much so that I thought, well, you know what? I think the hood actually is on to me, and they're wait. I am the official. You were kind of prancing around the house, like yeah. you were like in charge of it. Yeah, I was like, you know, the 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 hood can feel it. They they're like, oh, the, that horn begins the celebration. Well, guess what happened today? That was sad. At about seven fifty nine and forty nine <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Some motherfucker in my neighborhood, some punk bitch motherfucker in my neighborhood. Now listen, before I say what, what happened, there's been other people, some other little fucking hoes in the neighborhood that have tried to start cheering before it turns eight. You know, 759 cheer, try to take my t- take my glory just with a cheer, maybe bonging on a bango or whatever, banging on a bongo, right? Yeah. But the neighborhood didn't respond. They were like, bitch, you better shut up. We're waiting for that horn. We're waiting for the horn to blow. Well, tonight... This motherfucker's got wise. Some punk bitch in Silver Lake, California. I'm gonna find you. Went and bought his ass an air horn. And at 7.59 and 49 seconds, tried to blast the people into cheering. He did. He took my fucking thing. And I, what did I scream? I screamed it. What'd you say? I was like, uh-uh. Yeah, you go, uh-uh. <laughs> Out the window. I was like, uh-uh. Nah, I'm the air horn guy. I'm the I'm the captain. Well, then you did yours and it was even better, honey. Well, yeah, because I got two. He doesn't know I'm doing a double <laughs> blast. He just thinks that's what an air horn sounds like. He bought one and probably looked at his air horn like, what the fuck? How come it doesn't have percussive double stereo? <laughs> also, I've been using it, using it as an opportunity to primal scream help out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. Natasha's scream is hilarious. It's not in any way... Uh, Yay, essential workers! Or like a woo. It's a help. I'm being held captive. <laughs> scream night after night. I know it just feels so good, and everyone's making noise. Can you so do what? It? Right now? Yeah, yeah. Do it for the people. I, I might make wake up the baby though. Come on, it's hilarious. Kind of like. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were our neighbor and you just heard it? AP, uh, the whole neighborhood is cheering and in, 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 in celebration of the nurses and, and grocery store workers. I and do all that of a sudden, too. There's a there's a woman screaming bloody murder like Ted Kaczynski has her locked up. Oh, I just need to get it all out. Oh, the fun we have! But this motherfucker with his air horns, dude. Let's see. Let's see tomorrow. What's up? Uh, Could have been a mistake. A mistake? Oh, you think he's copying you? Fuck yeah, man! (laughs) He's trying to get some of my glory. He's trying to get some of this neighborhood glory. (laughs) Little does he know, I wrote an actual. I wrote a. I wrote a song. Let's not sing it yet, honey. All right, we won't sing it. But I wrote a song for the neighborhood. And if I could get myself my hands on a uh, megaphone, I'm gonna start singing it, (laughs) and then the whole neighborhood will learn the song. And then the whole neighborhood will sing it at the end of the cheering. We'll all sing this song. It's called the Song of Silver Lake. And it is um, pretty corny. But I want this motherfucker to pay. I'm, I'm really proud of you, honey. If you're, one of, if you're listening, if you're one of our listeners and you did that, know, know who you're betraying. It's me, your second favorite podcast host. Who's the first? Um, the guy who does um, uh, uh, All Things Considered, <laughs> Kai Rizdahl. <laughs> is that what is all things considered Kai Rizdahl or is that Terry Gross? Honey, let's call our friend. All right, let's call or our, our guest. Yeah, he's our friend and our guest. Uh, we did Passover with him this two years in a row, but this year over the internet. Uh, you know him from Big Mouth. You know him from Oh Hello. In fact, they just started their own podcast called Oh Hello the P Cast. Uh, he is one of the funniest men in America. Let's call Nick Kroll. Hello? Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? 
How am I? I've been saying your name around the house. I said Nick Kroll a few times, and every time I've said it, my my kids have gone Nick Kroll. <laughs> <laughs> you said that about Joe Mandy too. What is your What does your kid think so funny about your friends' names? But it, I was naming it with like four other people. No, it's it's different. With Joe Mandy, she says explicitly, Joe Mandy is funny. We don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> with you, the name Nick Kroll makes her laugh. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, I think that's truly the difference between me and Joe Mandy. Because Joe <laughs> Mandy is funny, and I just have a name that seems funny or something like that. That's- or something... That's what a lot of people say about you. One of the funniest <laughs> names in, in comedy. <laughs> it does flow together well. It does. It's a good quality. You know, for years I was Nikki Kroll. Ooh. I was, uh, but but now, but then I, I, I turned like 16 and uh, went on a, a teen tour to Israel and was like, I'm Nick. Oh, to all the people on Birthright, you were like, I am, I need Nick I, uh, Nick, uh, no, they were, this was pre-birthright. This was nifty. This was like the teen tour where the Jewish parents are trying to, the early, the early attempts to try to get Jewish kids to breed, uh, <laughs> not the birthright, not the last, not the last attempt. No, by the time, <laughs> by the time they got to birthright, they'd really ha- sharpened the sword and honed their skills. Like I went on birthright yeah. and we went on this long trip together. And then the last day they were like, and. Now for the final evening, you'll all be sleeping in a Bedouin tent together, unsupervised. Yeah. This is like yeah. what? This is like finger a Jewess in the in the desert. Yes, and that's where you met Natasha. That's right. <laughs> no, Nick. My brother is a Nick, and same thing. Nicky growing up, and then when he turns sixteen, I think like you know sometimes those nicknames are kind of hard to like, you know. Yeah, I mean Nicky. Like I was just like Nicky. Nicky doesn't get laid. Uh, <laughs> Nikki can't. Out that Nick, it turns out that Nick didn't either. But. <laughs> no, because every time you say your name, you're like, hey, babe, I'm Nick. And she's like, oh, Nick, what? And you're like, Nick Kroll. And she just begins to laugh at you <laughs> because it's a funny sounding name. Mocha's really yeah. into callbacks. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, I love a callback. <laughs> Guys, I love a callback. Listen, we're, we're kind of beat, Nick. We had a long day. So. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you guys. No, it's not that. We just we had a busy day. We went down to Huntington today, and we were taking part in this protest to end um, end the COVID um, uh, isolation and stuff. And it's just wait. There was a there was a protest today. Yeah, Nick, did you go? No. What protest was today in Huntington Beach? There was a big group of people that wanted to end the uh, social distancing in California to put a stop to this nanny state and get us back to work. Oh wait, I, I. I heard about this, but then I saw that um, this is this is how I get my information is I read a tweet, interpret the tweet joke and understand what's happening in the news. You get your news so from this from comedians tweeting. Yeah, this was Mike sure was Mike sure was um, talking about like people talking about like how we need to like people protesting about how we need to like relax the nanny state but they were all um they were all wearing masks yes yes the the best woman was one woman in a full hazmat suit an n95 mask and a sign that said covid is a lie it's like nah. bitch, bitch tell yourself <laughs> nick how's your covid my covid's great i mean i've got um honestly i mean i don't know it, 
the podcast has started, right? This is all the podcast. Oh yeah, we're 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 so live. We're yeah. rolling. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I am. Uh, I'm having a very uh nice time spending time with my uh, girlfriend, and we Ooh. are cooking, <laughs> cooking a lot, and uh, we're getting our farm produce locally and uh, enjoying that. Um, and we and I am very fortunate to be. Uh, working on my show on Big Mouth, so I, um, I uh, don't know how to talk about my. I don't know how to talk about my quarantine publicly. Oh, in you should a way ju- that you should just say that it's like being in prison. That you know, and then take a big uh, picture of your pool. No, you know yeah. what? You're in a you're yeah. in a new forward moving relationship, and that is like mm-hmm. the most envious position of all quarantines. Right. Right. Versus being like like in a dead end relationship with a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to live vicariously through him. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, Nick, we just looked down at our daughter and I was like, you know what? There's not much here. There's- I mean, I literally <laughs> nannied and cleaned for 11 hours today. And I, yeah, and I sat back and I played Apex Legends on <laughs> PlayStation 4 while she did that. So we all have our struggles. We all are struggling. No, we had a, we had our day to day, which like we have a one day, like we're, we've stayed pretty clean, but like one day a week we have uh, our full, like, again, we have no kids. So it's like we have like a day where we fully um, clean everything. Like we take each, you know, like, choose rooms and and upstairs or downstairs and like do a full wipe down cleanup and i just we and i talked we like cover all the phone calls that we haven't made all week to friends and family and i I weirdly i yeah wait what do you mean cover all the phone calls so like you guys kind of go away and like i gotta call my mom i gotta call my dad like yeah exactly that's a smart way to do it with your with your cleaning chores do you know what natasha (laughs) did today nick like Swiffer, I swiffer the floor. I call my mom. I, uh, you know, that's great I multitasking. Do, uh, yeah, I do. I do some major, major counter wipe downs. Uh, the only issue is you can't do a vacuum. You have to do a sweep. Right. You. You, you know what? A, you, you should try having mm-hmm. deaf parents. I could call my mom no problem while vacuuming. <laughs> yeah. What? How do you do? You, what did you do before FaceTime? Before FaceTime, I was unable to communicate with my mother pretty much ever if I was out of the house. There was a thing called the California Relay Service where I would, my mom would have to call, would have like a special computer at home. Like this is before IMing and, and, and instant messaging and text messaging. So there was a special computer that deaf people had called a TTY and you'd put the receiver on it and then you would call numbers. She'd have to actually call an operator who would call me. And I would hear that person's voice on the phone as my as my mother was typing. So, like like someone had a Zoom situation type thing. No, it wasn't Zoom. It was pre webcam. This is when I was growing up. Oh, I see. It would be text based. So my mom would type a message to me. The message would go to some operator. The operator would call me, and that's I whose see. voice I would hear on the telephone. And uh, I'm not going to do the joke in my act about it, but you can kind of probably fill in the blanks, Nick. I, I'm I'm filling in the blanks as we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and now, so she, you guys text, I'm assuming. Is that what, is that the... No, sometimes I'll general? walk into the bedroom naked and he's like FaceTiming his mom. Yeah, well, oh. I'm naked. I'm sorry. I She's clothed. I'm naked because I'm texting, um, I'm FaceTiming my mom. So she wants to <laughs> yeah. kind of see how my body's looking in this quarantine, yeah. you know? Yeah, you have a nice Jewish mom. Or though, well, <laughs> now, your mom converted. Is that right, Moshe? Th- that is true. He doesn't love it when you, people remind him of that. Well... <laughs> I'm sorry for I'm sorry for bringing that up, but like, dude, do, does she feel like a like Natasha? Okay, how about this, Natasha? As a woman, as a as a now Jew, have you convert? Are we talking about that? What are we talking about here? What can I talk about? You can talk about Natasha's conversion, but you'd never mention my mother's. And like his his mom, I think thought like Passover was Hanukkah last year. That's not, okay. not true. <laughs> so, Natasha, do you think you'll raise your daughter as like a Jewish mom? Like as like a will, will you take on the traits of like the stereotypical Jewish mother? What is that? Like I have to make a filter fish? No, you're annoying, overbearing, you know, <laughs> right? You have like Filled a su- with... pseudo sexual relationship with her. Yeah. Is that what a, is that I what mean, Jewish mothers are? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what about Italian mothers? Ooh, it's probably not that far off, honestly. But it's like all it's like all religions where it's like, oh, we lo- our mamas love us and we love to eat. You know what I mean? It's like that's like every <laughs> what makes us different is we love to gather as a family and we love to eat. You know, you're like, oh, okay. I was cool. I thought it was nice of you to go, oh, at the beginning so that Natasha could feel like a part of this conversation. <laughs> well, I was given it that Italian yeah. that uh, that I mean look, we're all we're all from the same. We're all from the same swarthy body hair region of the yes. world. Yes, that is the truth. But do you feel like um, a Jewish mom, Natasha? No, but maybe I am. I definitely feel overbearing. <laughs> well, especially like during a pandemic, I'm like any accident it would like drive me. You know, like if I ever had to go to a ER or something with my kid right now, I think I would like uh-huh. panic. So I'm just trying to like make sure that she's safe at all times. Yeah, you know, but maybe I would be like that, that feels, anyway. That feels like Jewish mom. Yeah, but I, I wonder if this is like, I wonder if Jewish mom, Jewish parenting has slowly taken over parenting because I feel like Jewish parenting is like a is a deeply, or at least a part of Jewish parenting is like a very deeply like supportive. My child is special. My child must be kept mm. safe. Wow, that's how that, I feel. <laughs> And I, I wonder if that like has has taken on a like culturally we as a cult, a larger culture have taken on some of those traits in parenting. You know what I mean? I feel like that because I was never taught that I was special, especially. No, no. D- were you not? I was taught more like you should just be like everybody else and like be quiet. And <laughs> I don't know. Like I was just like, how did you end up? How did so how did you end up who you were? Do you think? Because I, I was like a child actress. So like I, my mom did let me go to the like be a part of this theater. So I was like always like at the theater my whole like grade school and high school. So I kind of uh-huh. had I had like adult influences that weren't my family my whole life. That is a hilarious parenting message. Just, you should be <laughs> like everyone else and don't rock the boat. and Don't try and be special. <laughs> and then I went to public school where they were like, you're not a writer. You're not an artist. Like everyone just would tell you that you're not good at things. Yeah. Do, what, do Natasha, do you remember your favorite like play or anything from like one of those like, was it like local community theater, regional theater kind of stuff? It was like regional theater and I would be like, 
you know, I would do as you like it or our town. And like when when there wasn't a kid, they would like make a kid part, you know, like there was like 30 shows a month. So I was like in the evenings at the theater and then well natasha's uh-huh. burying, uh-huh. skipping wednesdays for the matinees natasha's burying the lead she got to play shylock in the merchant of venice which is what started her <laughs> really? lifelong love affair with judaism no no not really i do <laughs> remember Natasha, w- I, fell, <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep watching uh no none other than al pacino do the sh- shylock in the merchant of venice on broadway so <laughs> you should have seen natasha's it was really i do remember else. the ones that i was playing the ghost of christmas past in in Christmas Carol and I was with a professional actor from Chicago and they didn't want to act with me. Why? <laughs> really? Well, because I think that I was just like doing an impression of what an I thought an actor should do. And like, I just got, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, they were professional actors and they were frustrated with their lives because they had to work with townspeople. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Townspeople. <laughs> like I was only no. like 12. Like I didn't know how to act. <laughs> It turns out that, that that person was Nick Offerman. Yeah. This was like the early days of Chicago. It was Willem Dafoe. Exactly, because yeah, yeah, they, they came from Chicago. It was, it was John Malkovich in the early days of Steppenwolf. It's like, I got to work with this 12-year-old Italian brat. You're not special. Yeah. Be like everybody else. Okay, I well, can't believe Sinise got the part. And now I'm working with Legero. And- Um, well, let's, I want Nick to be on a call. So let's let's call someone for advice and see if he can help them. Yeah. What do you think, Nick? We're going to, we're going to do an advice call. No, just to be clear, the show is you call people and you get advice from them. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. No, they're going to ask us. They want to, they want our help and we can also make fun of them and you can choose the balance that feels comfortable for you. (laughs) You know, I will guys. All right, let's do it. We're now going to call Tristan in Virginia and Nick, you'll hear a couple seconds of silence as we connect the call. Is this Tristan Thompson? <laughs> we'll find Chloe, out. Chloe Kardashian's ex? Let's find out. Let's ask him. Her. Let's ask Cleveland her. Cleveland Cavalier. Hello? Tristan? Tristan. Yes, this is Tristan. Nick, are you there? I am 100% here. Tristan, you're there. Nick, are you on the line? I am. Great. Tristan, we this is Moshe Kasher. And Natasha Legero. And we've got our friend Nick Kroll Hi. on the phone here with us right now. Oh Hi, my Tristan. god, I'm so excited. Hi, Nick. Whoa, Hi. whoa, 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 whoa. It, you didn't say hi to either of us. <laughs> she did. You didn't Hi, Moshe. Hi, Natasha. Okay. I'm so excited to talk to you guys too. Love well, the podcast. Thank you. Um, Tristan, you want to talk to Nick directly or do you want to tell us what's going on? Why you called, why you contacted us? <laughs> Well, I called the pros, not Nick. So oh, yes. Take them down. Chris, Tristan, <laughs> I hope you don't want advice on how to neg because so far you're doing it perfectly. <laughs> well, I think that kind of has to do with my question anyway. Great. Shoot. Um, so my question is kind of about parents and like how do you deal with knowing that your parents are like kind of just as flawed as you are? Like I'm 24 and in my first like long-term relationship, and I've kind of realized that I don't want to be like my parents' relationship. And that's like what I've grown up with and loved my whole life. Oof. Can, sure. Can you say more? Like what is, what is, what are the things that your parents do that you don't want to emulate? 
Yeah, like the nagging. <laughs> You're saying you, you hear yourself kind of becoming them. Yeah, I definitely do. Mm. Like getting upset over things that like my boyfriend has no control over or like assuming that he can read my mind. And then I see that when my parents interact and I'm like, you're being so irrational. Like what's wrong with you? It's cool. It's cool that you notice it, that that you've noticed that. Yeah. But like, how do I deal with it? And how do I like not want to like hate my parents for it? Oh, for making you like like, trying to get them. Can I ask a question? So I guess my question is, are you seeing like the patterns that you're seeing in your relationship with your boyfriend you are seeing in your parents' relationship. It's not making you question your relationship with your boyfriend. It's making you feel, see your parents as human and flawed. And that's the, is that the issue? Yeah. Cause like my boyfriend will stop me in my tracks and be like, stop, like you're being crazy and you know it and you need to think about this or why are you upset? And then now that I've been like questioning my own thought patterns and changing my behavior for the better, um, I've kind of just seen it in my parents and I want them to have better communication styles. You know, I would just want to first and foremost say kudos to your boyfriend for telling his girlfriend, stop, you're being crazy and you know it, <laughs> because that's the way that all men, all strong, positive feminist men should talk to their lovers, you know, and I, so I want to, t- I want to acknowledge him for that. I think that's really cool that he's able to give you that gift. <laughs> Are you guys, either of you guys in therapy? Um, no, I finished a bout of like group therapy a few months ago. Uh Um, and my parents do like the closest thing they're all, they will ever do to therapy is like their church, um, like empty nesters group. Uh, it feels like they all just complain about their kids. (laughs) Well, Uh funny, funny, because that's what you're doing on this podcast right now is complaining about them. (laughs) And I have to just say, and I don't, I'm not saying this just because I'm on the podcast, but Natasha Moshe, this is my church. Uh, (laughs) Um, For me, my church, Nick, is the stage. And because that's not available right now, this has become my church, if that makes sense. (laughs) Sure. Comedy is kind of my religion. The stage is my church. And I guess I'm a preacher. And Moshe is your, and and Natasha is your rabbi. That's right. Uh, Tristan, I mean, Go ahead, Natasha. Sorry. Well, I just think that, you know, awareness is is such a big part of anything. And if you're aware of it and then you're in control of yourself. So if you just start becoming more and more aware of it, maybe you can slowly shed, shed whatever it is that I'm that's what I'm trying to do, because I have I've become very fearful with my child. (laughs) Someone on the podcast said I should stop calling my kid my child. (laughs) my parents Mm -hmm. aren't willing to like change so Mm -hmm. how do i kind of get over the fact that they're just in their ways right need to ignore the way they who cares about them yeah i mean i think as we all i think as we all get older like that's one of the weirdest things about growing getting older is that you start to see your parents as human like some of us because of the circumstances of our lives, see our parents as human and flawed at a younger age. And then some of us, Mm. like I would put myself in that category, have like idealized my parents in some way much longer. And only in recent years have really been able to see them as fully, like fully fleshed out human beings with flaws. And 
there are certain things you're going to be able to change about them, but there's really a lot that like, you know, like at a certain age, I think it's tough for people to drastically change their behavior and their patterns. And like, it's not your job to fix them. Like all you can do is see the things that you don't like in them and try not to repeat those patterns in your life and relationships. So it sounds like you've already found, you found someone who is, has some self-awareness and has, has ability to communicate to break some of those patterns, which I think is really good. Um, but I think like trying to change your parents is hard. Like we all are trying to change our parents. Cause I think like, we're we're seeing them as human beings but i think that that's really it's a hard thing to do and it's also like they're not going to be reset like they're like we fucking raised you like stop telling us what the fucking do you know yeah i totally uh, um agree with nick well i agree with natasha too i mean that's everybody goes through this pro you say you're 24 yes this is like prime time process that you're going through age right now Everybody goes through this process. When you're young, your parents are gods, and they think of you as completely helpless, incapable. They, you need them for every single thing, and you know at that age that that's bullshit, that you can do more than they're giving you credit for. Then you become, at a certain age, about 24, I would say, you start to see, oh, they're not gods at all. They're actually human beings. And then you get a little bit older, and you go, oh, they're not just human beings. They're actually really more fucked up than I, than I could have possibly <laughs> imagined. I can't believe these are the people that imbued me with life lessons and then you're looking at them eventually you'll get to the age where you look at them and you go wow they're actually totally helpless and they need me to make decisions for them and they're looking at you going fuck you i'm way more capable than you're giving me credit for and this is like this is just straight up classic life cycle shit and like the job never changes uh the, just like the job of your boyfriend is to put you in place and tell you when you're being crazy that's the job of every man to, to every woman your job as a as a child and your job as a parent is always only to to love like that's it that it's never to it's never to change it's never to tell them how to act because people don't people don't respond to that anyway as much as your parents wanted you to be just like them and probably go to their church group you're your own person they're their own person and so you just got to kind of come to terms with it that your only job that's what anyway i've had to come to terms with it i should say my job with my parents as crazy as they are is to just love them because that's the only thing that i know i can do 100 percent of the time and i can do well you know what they say about um why your parents are able to push your buttons you ever heard this one no because they sewed them on oh <laughs> deep well uh, well Tristan. Moshe should write a kid's book <laughs> so are you living with your boyfriend um, not yet. I actually want to move to Texas to be with him. He just moved away. Um, that's cause you're so crazy. He can't stand ago. to be around that. <laughs> well, they don't approve of the move necessarily. So that's been causing some issues with us. It sounds like you're really close with your family and that's, that's a really nice thing to. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that. Can, can I ask you a question? Is it, is it tricky? Like you said, they're in a church group. Like, do they think they're like, is it tricky because they, uh, because they are, I guess, are they religious? Um, semi-religious. I think they've like 
as they've gotten older, they've gotten more religious. Like I didn't have to go to church all the time when I was a kid. So this is all like weird to me that all of a sudden they're like quoting the Bible here and there. Um, (laughs) But I think they are more concerned with like, do you have a job and can you like support yourself if this relationship fails, which is valid, but like Mm -hmm. so negative and harsh to hear. Well, I mean, can you support yourself if the relationship fails? Uh, right now, no, <laughs> but I'll figure it out. I'm trying to get a job. After what do you COVID, want to do? I don't really know. I'm seeing a career coach, so I'm working on it. Have you thought about looking for the answers where they actually exist? <laughs> do you know what that is? It's not in a career coach. I'll tell you that right now. No, I, I don't. It's in the gospel. <laughs> Kristen, oh. <laughs> it's in your parents actually wanted us to contact you because it's in the gospel. It's not in Texas either, although they there's some good folk down there. Is it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? That's right. It's in those. You things. know what's funny? My parents' church group actually listened to the new Kanye West gospel album. Well, <laughs> did they like they, it? They're the ones. They're the ones who. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, they might. They they do have some patterns they need to break. <laughs> I mean, the deal is, the deal is, you're a you're a grown up now, and you're seeing your parents as human, and they're and they're trying to tell you what to do, and you're trying to tell them what to do, and you're trying to influence them, and they're trying to influence you, and none of it will ever work. Neither party is going to be able to influence the other, and so I would just say, uh, uh, abandon it. Uh, try to change other human beings at your extreme peril. Try to work on yourself, and the world will change around you. That's what I think. Your so parents. I just like close my mouth half the time when we're like having discussions or well, what like, is the, what, I, <laughs> what is the old saying about about um about about when you're going to open your mouth and say something it's uh the rule is does it need to be said does it need to be said right now does it need to be said by me those are the the, the three questions you ask yourself before you say anything uh and wow that's that's a guiding principle for me in the world except when someone disrespects me and then i'll pop off immediately mm-hmm. what if you just want to express yourself but then do you want to be in a fight with your parents every time you talk to them oh no i don't not okay, at all i'll give you an example uh from my life tristan my mom is a cr- wild hoarder i mean like wild like it's like we've had to hire professional help and i kept trying to make her stop being a hoarder and that was not going to ever work. I've seen my mother uh, with a pile of old TV guides crying because we were trying to throw away a November 1989 uh, edition. And so uh, she would also try to enlist our help with cleaning up the TV guides and cleaning up her clutter. But then she would freak out and have like a panic attack and scream at us. And so I knew that I couldn't get her to stop hoarding. But I, and I didn't have any power over that. But I knew I had the power over whether or not I would be a participant in the in, in the cleaning process. So the minute she started doing anything to do with cleaning or hoarding, I was like gave her a kiss and said, "Bye, I'm out of here." So that is you got to look for your look for your moments to leave it, because you don't want your relationship with your parents to be nothing but you trying to correct them, them rolling their eyes at you because you're irresponsible in their eyes and they're crazy in your eyes. Like just just love them and have your life. And know that you don't have to listen to them either. That's right. You're 24. Yeah. You're 24 now, Tristan. It's time to move to Austin, <laughs> get a Coke habit, and ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good wow. luck, honey. 
Thank you so much. I'll join your church now. <laughs> You're already Thank a member. You. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, Tristan. Bye, Tristan. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. God bless. Nick, I had never thought of that before that people, different people, or people at different ages find out that their parents are flawed because sometimes it can be very young. Yes. I think, like, I, again, I, like, my parents are, like, I, I think, like, yeah, I think like I feel like talking to you, Natasha. I mean, I think we all learn it at different in different ages, like because of like I think kids who have to deal with their parents splitting up and things mm. like that, that where you see ugliness at an earlier age. Like obviously we all watch our parents like have disagreements and fight, but I think certain people have to deal with much larger things that make them human at a younger age. And like I idealize and I still idealize my parents in, in many ways, but as I've gotten older I've been like oh oh like this is uh oh they're they they don't they don't fully see this and and that but i think it all happens at different ages for different reasons right. also i think boys are spoiled more than girls like girls start to hate their parents when they're like you think so 11 yes. whereas like my brother he like he loves my mom like he'll he'll he'll, he'll like stay up for four hours talking to my mom on the phone and like get high yeah, and talk to I my think, mom and yeah. they never really had like a fighting period you know what i mean whereas i had like yeah. a lot of fights I think I think girls girls do a real like separation from their moms around around puberty and and either it comes back around and it's a strong bond or it's not and there's a real contentious relationship between mothers and daughters. Yeah. Um, so yeah. have fun with that, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. My I, goal is for the straw. It comes back around. It'll come back around right when you're se- or about seventy nine. <laughs> You guys are yeah, no, I do. I do think it does. I think it, it does come back and can be really, really strong and powerful. Yeah, I have a memory of when I was probably six years old, and my mother. I uh, my mother was telling me one story, and my father was telling me another story, and I had this conscious thought of my dad is is telling me one version of the truth, my mother is telling me another. Someone of one of my parents is lying to me. <laughs> And it's probably both of them. And I, yeah. I, I thought that like crystal Whoa. clear thought. How old were you? Like five? Five or six years old. I was like, there's no way both of these stories can be true. And I know that it doesn't make sense that one of my parents is the good, the good guy. So they're probably just both liars. They just didn't know. Wow. They just didn't know to not pit themselves against each other. I then. do think that's a product of our age. I think in the yeah. in the eighties and nineties, divorce was still so new and fresh mm-hmm. that uh, that people were like, "Well, maybe we could just fight for thirty years and it won't fuck our kids up at all." <laughs> I do feel like people are doing better with that now. I I, I think so. I but I, it's it's a much man. It's complicated, and it's like. It's so it's so weird. It's I didn't have to deal with I, I it's really I can't believe how late in life I I think it's also interesting. And I feel like the covid stuff has been a real eye opener for a lot of people of dealing with their parents. Because I feel like the most common thing, especially early on in this, that I felt like talking to all of our friends was like, my parents are not taking this seriously. I'm so mad at my parents. They're not taking this seriously. And I feel like it's been a real thing for a lot of people being like, why, like, why I'm worried. I'm trying to show love to my parents by being like, please don't like go into public spaces that you don't need to be. Don't take unnecessary risks. And all these parents being like, I'm not an old person. So don't like, 
don't tell me one, don't tell me what to do. And two, I'm not the people who I'm not one of the people at risk. And you're like, Oh, my parent doesn't understand how this is all working. And I now have to treat them like a child and scold them. Like, I feel like a lot of people have been scolding their parents during this crisis. Oh, my dad lives in Florida. His wife left because he doesn't want to social distance. <laughs> he goes and gets his lotto ticket every day. And he and then he told me social distancing. And then he, but then he's like, I have to take out a, a pot roast. I'm having a, a dinner, a small dinner party. But then he said they all live in his complex. That's the most frustrating <laughs> part is that when they're not so only when they're saying. it kind of makes sense, but saying, not really. Not only, not when they're not saying I'm not old. I'm not social distancing. They're like, no, no, no. I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> me and my bridge club all get together and talk about what a serious crisis we're in the middle of. And then we go to the 7-Eleven every day and to the grocery store every day. But I don't know. I well, mean, I, I, I just. Yeah. And then then they're going to, you know, not have as many laws in Florida probably soon. So. Oh, right. They just opened up the beaches. And, ju- you know, <laughs> on a certain level, I'm kind of like, you know, what? if people want to get COVID that bad, fucking let them. I'm like, I get, just let them, I guess. You know, it's like I just don't. I just hope my parents are OK and your parents are OK. Like, I just I, what, what can you do? You can't stop. You can't. You know, you, they say you can't fix stupid. <laughs> you ever heard that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but I but I it's hard again I think it's hard to be like wait my parents are I don't think of my parents as stupid why are they why is this happening like why don't they understand this? No, I you think know? I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like people are go people are not thinking of themselves as as enfeebled. They they think of themselves as vibrant and full of life. But and, we don't think of ourselves as old and we're taking well, this seriously. That's the frustrating part is that young people are going but wait, we're upending our entire lives so that you're safe and you don't think you need the safety. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Nick, we have um, two things that we can offer you right now. Yeah. Actually, three. One is we could do another call. Two mm-hmm. is you can listen. This is an experimental technology. We do. We have two segments on this podcast. One, we do advice calls. The other is that people call and leave their deep, dark secrets on our secrets hotline. So you can listen with us to some of these secrets and, and comment on those. Mm-hmm. And three is, of course, you could do both. Or you could get off the phone. Yeah, well, four is just hang up right I, now. I definitely, I definitely want to do a deep dark secret. Let's and do then it. Let's see how we're feeling after that. I love is it. That possible? hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Let's play some secrets. Hello, I am a stay-at-home mom of a baby and a toddler. Um dying of coronavirus entrapment um but i have been having these like fantastic days where i'm just like so happy to plan activities and crafts and make these really lovely meals and just like sitting with my kid and really enjoying every second of dress up and playing pretend um and as i was like telling my husband this, like, man, I've been in a really good mood. I don't like, it's kind of weird. Uh, he said, aren't, isn't it just because you've been smoking all day? And then I was like, Oh yeah. So I wake and bake since there's no like school drop off. Um, so basically I've just been high for the last what, like 30 days. Um, so I'm not actually looking forward to going back to like, having to drive and go to the grocery store anyways that is a secret because 
it feels kind of shitty to be like enjoying being a high parent all the time when I have friends that are like losing their jobs and stressed out. Anyways, um, that's also a parenting tip for Natasha who smokes weed. Just do it all day and then have fun with your kid. Bye. Lot, lot going on there. I love the idea. That yeah. She, well, first of all, her sentence structure was insane at the beginning. She was like, "I'm a child. I'm a parent of two small children, both dying of COVID related <laughs> insanity." <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Why? Also, I, 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 it was a little quiet the beginning of the call, so I didn't quite catch. But then I, I dropped in and caught up. I think with where we were going with that. Um. Wait, does she ha- did her do her kids have COVID? <laughs> no, she said, she said, I ha- I'm the parent of a toddler and a small child currently dying of COVID. Pregnant pause, uh, related insanity from being locked up in the quarantine. Ha ha ha! It's like fucking okay. Oh, funny. <laughs> but I also love the idea that she's like, I am an amazing mother. I think. Oh nope, I'm a drug addict. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. I. I'm smoking pot a lot right now, and I feel very lucky that I can do that. I can't, and I'm upset about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you upset you can't smoke? Like, where are there moments, can I ask Natasha, where you'll smoke and do you feel guilty, like, and or judge that you are smoking? I get not, not by Moshe, and no one else is around. Yeah. I mean, by our child. Oh, by the kid? (laughs) Yeah. Well, she no, did. no, I guess by Moshe. I think your kid is fine with it. No, would be my I, guess. I mean, I, to be honest... Moshe's always like, smoke more. I, well, why not? I just think it's a great time to do it. I mean, I would be doing it all day if I could. I, I, I will say this. Our child is maybe influenced um, by Natasha's marijuana habit because recently she told us that her favorite music is reggae. And that's not a joke. <laughs> she really said that. So, like, what two-year-old... We do old, listen to a lot of reggae. Yeah, what two-year-old says, I love reggae? It's got to be the marijuana. <laughs> I mean, a chill-ass fucking dope... <laughs> a chill-ass dope kid. Yeah, a chill-ass dope uh, baby. I mean, that's... I get it. I mean, I guess that's my question is, like, is... Yeah, I mean, I feel like parenting would be more fun and easy that way oh you mean if you were high yeah is it natasha you're the only person on this call that would know yes it's easier to parent if you were high yes <laughs> of course because it's like well because like mind you're, numbing. you're more playful yeah like they're just like you know i i want this i want that i want this i want that do this that's mine that's mine that's mine that's mine you know and it's just like oh that's what you're like when you're high actually (laughs) but you just have to like yeah you have to get into that invent inventing fun games headspace and that's much easier if you're high oh interesting all right for me i don't know i mean is that controversial to say are you not supposed to smoke pot? yeah you're yeah i get that you're just sort of like in you're like hey like what are we doing oh we're playing fucking garden okay yeah (laughs) i get that i get that you're like but you're not like high all day you're like garden actually the hydroponic setup in this this particular area of the garden is really really choice and killer but if you're just like hanging out by your tree all day you know, eating lunch and hanging out with your kid and cleaning, you know, it's okay for me. All right. Let's play another secret. Let's play another secret. Here we go. 
Um, so after my boyfriend and I broke up, um, he cheated on me. So, um, I, he and I were in contact for a little bit and he sent me some pictures and, uh, it had his address, home address on it. Um, so I sent him live spiders. Um, and nah. I've never told anybody about it, but, um, you can just order spiders and send them to people. So that's what I did. Um, and I don't regret it. Okay. Bye. Wow. I mean, I like the initiative. That's a pretty, pretty interesting revenge. I like that. Nick, have you ever taken revenge on anyone? No. Who has the time? Uh, I don't understand. Uh, to be totally frank, I, I've i quietly taken revenge in that I've wished certain people not full success. Um, but I don't... But I don't truly... I find revenge to be ultimately something that will have a negative effect on my life, and so I don't take revenge. Mm. Mm. I, on the other hand... I'm googling how to send someone live spiders right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nick really does have the answer on this one, I think. Yeah, no, you're obviously right. Although I do have a running tally of people that deserve a harmless form of revenge that I may take one ah. day. Yeah, may, 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 I'm trying be. to think if that's true. I'm trying to think if that's true. I have, I mean, I exist in a constant state of making no enemies. <laughs> um, so I... So I don't find myself in situations where I've been like, I'm going to get revenge on you. Um, I think it also might have to do with testosterone. Oh, so neither you nor Nick have the testosterone needed. <laughs> well, to take no, revenge. I just I think I think maybe that has it's it's kind of like a sweaty thing. I think women take revenge. Of I think course that's they like do. But I'm just thing. saying like. I don't women know. with high levels of testosterone. Yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> Weightlifting women, they are always taking revenge. Well, I training. don't have any desire for revenge. All right. Well, with that said, uh, let's play one more secret. Hey. Um, so not my proudest moment, but I have a secret for you guys. Um, I am 32 now. When I was 20, I was in a pointless relationship. Um and uh, she had been obsessed with an ex-boyfriend who was the singer in a band. Um, one night, I was bored and felt rather spiteful. So, uh, again, not my proudest moment, but I felt pretty crafty. Um, I made a fake email account, pretended to be a girl, asked the gentleman who was in the band what his favorite movie was because I was bored and wanted to watch a movie. Well, he told me and a little did he know that was the secret question to his email address. So I was able to get in and then I deleted all of his band social media oh um, because I was a uh, spiteful dick. Um, I'm much better now, obviously not with her, um, you know, and Hey, that band's not around anymore. Did I help it by deleting their page? Maybe. Or maybe it was karma. Okay. Well, hey. Thanks. Wow. Oh, that was a wa- that certainly beats sending somebody a handful of spiders. 
I mean, that's, but, and that's a, there is a revenge theme to that. Although she, he was exacting revenge on a, a guy who did he, did the guy wrong, did the guy in the band wrong him or no? I couldn't quite tell. He hooked up with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. So it really right. depends on how much testosterone you have <laughs> when you look at, the, at right. that particular situation. Also, wow like is that what like you just i guess does that answer a security question like hey what's your favorite band like your favorite movie well i think he like he tried to log in um to his email found out what the guy's security question was and then created this fake profile to get into it so he knew Uh uh-huh i mean I don't know. And that's the reason. Counting, I feel sorry for people like that. It sucks that Counting Crows isn't around anymore because of what that guy did. <laughs> it's kind of bullshit. That guy. That guy was dating Jennifer Aniston. And <laughs> who? That was, I always love that fact that Aniston, Adam Duritz scored Jennifer Aniston back in the day. Oh, see, man, it's beautiful. You know, <laughs> that's well, true, yeah. when we're young, we see the lead singer of Counting Crows as a god. And then we get a little bit older and we realize he's merely human. And then we get a little older and we try to tell him what he should do, but he doesn't want to hear it. So, Adam, if you're listening, we need you to social distance. <laughs> All right. I mean... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, Nick, I'm not yawning out of boredom. No, we'd love I'm for you to yawn out. more demonstratively on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, honestly, I'm fascinated by secrets, and I'm fascinated by the rhythm of that guy's voice. He had, he had a real, like, he had a real kind of rhythm to what he was saying and how he was saying it. And I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by, I'm not. It's so not my nature, but to send spiders or delete someone's uh, social media account. Um, but I'm impressed by the levels that people will go for love. Yeah. I also think when people are leaving these messages, they're sometimes telling people, someone else or saying it out loud, sometimes for the first time. It's a very, the, the king has the ears of an ass type of situation. And so their uh-huh. rhythm is influenced by their adrenaline and fear and feelings of anxiety about even saying this thing out loud. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's what I think. How could you not be? Well, Nick, I know that you have a quarantine paradise you need to get back to. That's right. So... We know you have to go tend to your garden. and uh... Quarantine paradise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was the lead singer of the band that <laughs> killed the social media. Um, <laughs> that was kind of Crow's biggest hit. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. Our I'm pleasure, a fan of both of you. I'm a fan of you collectively. Hi to Lily, we love honor. you, and I will. Uh, and yeah, we miss you, and uh, we will see you and uh, hug you in person when they create a vaccine or when the nanny state stops telling us all what to do and taking away our constitutional rights. I look forward to either one coming and whatever comes. In the meantime, be safe, be strong, and be filled with love. Next year in Jerusalem. Okay. Next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> and watch Big Mouth. Not complicated. Oh yeah, watch Big Mouth. And also, you just launched a new podcast too, right? With with Melania as the Oh Hello yes. folks. Oh Hello podcast. The podcast. Uh, oh Hello. John Oliver, Ira Glass, Sarah Koenig, and most importantly, George St. England and Gil Faison. 
trying to figure out who killed Princess Diana. <laughs> the, <laughs> the subject that everybody's been dying to know about. I actually am interested in this topic. Yeah. The important work you're doing. So listen to the podcast. Watch, watch Big Mouth. And yes. uh, Nick Kroll, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I miss my friends. I know. Well, you have like, you're you're doing meetups in your video game. Definitely fun. the internet is helping. But every time we talk to a friend on this on this podcast, I'm like, I want to hang out with this person and go get Chinese food. That's Those are the two things I miss. Friends Chinese and food. Chinese food. Um, you're such a good cook. You should try to make some. I should. That's a good idea. Chelsea's been making these like wild dumplings that uh, maybe I'll try to do that too. Yeah, I think you'd like it. You're such a good cook, honey. I've said it before, though, Tosh. I thank you for saying that. I've said it before. You're I'll talented. Say, thank you. I'll, but I will say it again. As much as I miss my friends, uh, I mean, I feel very lucky to be here with you and with our kid, but also this podcast mentally and creatively is 100% keeping me afloat. Thank you for all your messages. Thank you for hitting us up. Thank you for listening. We're glad that uh, a lot of people telling us that this is helping them get through their quarantine. It's helping us get through ours. So we appreciate that. Um, if you would like to be a guest caller on an episode of the Endless Honeymoon podcast, call us at 213-222-8608. You can also leave a secret on that very number. Also, we have a YouTube channel now. I love listening to podcasts on YouTube. It's so easy. And also, you can email us. You can email us at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com if you'd like to get on the podcast. Uh, buy stuff from our sponsors if you can afford it. I know times are tough right now, but if you can. But we use all these products. And we like them. So listen. So if you're going to order them. Five star. Subscribe. I've got an album. It's called Crowdsurfing. Also, my first special is right now on Amazon Amazon Prime for free. It's streaming for free. You're it's as called... good at crowd work as you are at cooking, Mosh. Thank you. Well, check them out both out. Get one of my famous dishes. I have TV dinners for sale at the Vons chain <laughs> and at the Safeway chain, If you, depending on which region you're in. Uh, but uh, check out the Endless Honeymoon um, special on Netflix, the Honeymoon Stand-Up special. Check everything out we've ever done. Watch Broke on CBS Thursday nights. We're done with ads. You know, I just want to tell you listeners that I love you. And also, Natasha, I want to tell you something. I also love you. I love you too. COVID. COVID.